0: How does it work?
1: Why do you want to know?
0: I wish to know all the secrets of existence.
1: Don't we all? But first... Hold to open. Hold to open! Yes, and what do you do? It's a very flat team structure. We all have our area of expertise. We should talk.
0: Want to come with us? Not really.
1: It's a long, sad story. I've got time. Tell me.
0: Here comes
2: the drums! (laughs) So here it comes, the sound of drums. Here come the drums, here come the drums.
1: Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, where we have the very muffled sound of drums. This is a Doctor Who podcast, in case you didn't know, and we are the only Doctor Who podcast out there listening and watching the show in very, very random order. My name's Chris Taylor.
0: I'm Pete Pashel. And yeah, Chris and I are a couple of guys, a couple of journalists, a couple of Doctor Who obsessives who have been obsessing about the show and nerding out about it for most of our lives. We figured why not share that nerdiness with an audience that'll really appreciate it, which is most of the which is not the other people in our <laughs> lives, but you folks, you the few. You, you, you listener.
1: Yes. You you know who you are. You Pull to Open fans, and many of you will know where we've been previously on Pull to Open for episodes ago we were at our first sylvester mccoy story battlefield which has interesting connections to where we're at today not least of which because it reminded us of monty python uh, three episodes episodes ago we were also back in old who with the two doctors a colin baker patrick troughton joint and uh we learned all about why vegetarianism is cool two episodes <laughs> ago we were on Tom Baker's Only Cyberman story, Revenge of the Cybermen, and we saw why it was Tom Baker's Only Cyberman story. (laughs) Uh, And then last week, the randomizer heard our prayers, our desire to return to New Who, and it took us to the Jodie Whittaker episode, Rosa. And now, here we are, Stuck in the new show series, specifically stuck in new show series eleven. We've moved from episode three to episode eight. We have gone from the historical or pseudo historical Rosa to the historical or pseudo historical
0: witchfinders. Well, wow. Let me wow. first get a little bit of a. If I could do a clap emoji somewhere here yeah. in Design I would. That was a very great <laughs> summary. Thank you. Of of where we've been lately and sort of our also our emotional journey. Yeah. Of, it's... Of praying to be back in New Who. And, <laughs> and boy, boy did it answer us in a big way. I mean, we're not like it rocketed us forward to the most recent era. Yeah. Of Doctor Who, which obviously is obviously very apt because we're uh, just weeks away now from the centenary special.
1: We are. And and yeah, it's sort of almost a gift that we've we've been uh, asked. By the randomizer to give the Whitaker era a closer look and, mm. and almost a rewatch, right? Because it's—I i don't know about you, Pete—I I hadn't really uh, rewatched a lot of the Thirteenth uh, Doctor's stuff. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah, this is so, the
0: first time I've I've rewatched either of these episodes, Rosa and the yeah. Witchfinders. And,
1: yeah. and I feel like it's giving us good ones to rewatch while sort of. Leaving uh Demons of the Punjab, which I think is mm. easily the best episode of of that season of series eleven. Um uh but still giving us a couple of really good historicals and definitely focusing on on the the setting in the past more than the future, Earth mm. more than space. Uh the randomizer's preferences. And and yeah. do you know what do you know what, Pete? It it also it answered I don't that know question. Why. <laughs> you know what it, it remember a couple of weeks ago we uh i think within our within our feedback loop within our news we were we were talking about king charles king charles the right, third yeah as he now is and we were asking our listeners you know if, if, if there's any uh story that has king charles in it. like you know we sort of mentioned like he's briefly shown in the idiot's lantern he's Probably on the palace balcony during the coronation, right. uh, he, you know, sort of tangentially mentioned in a few other situations. This battlefield that he had mention of the king, another interesting reason yeah. for the randomizers to take us there. However, we we said, are there any? Are there any others? Are there any other Charles references? Now, the randomizer didn't answer us directly because it couldn't, because I don't think it, it can. I don't think there are any. um But it did take us to the only. Doctor who episode to feature a king of England oh in a speaking role I think I'm right right because King's hmm. demons we've been there that was not actually King John right mm-hmm. right it, it was chameleon the robot um I you know and I just went through the codex the other night kind of trying trying to look for examples of of kingly appearances in Doctor Who I don't think there are any others it's true it's been more queen obsessed exactly we've had <laughs> Elizabeth I, many many times, (laughs) Yeah. but no kings. Uh, So this is literally the closest that it could possibly take us to a King Charles III episode, Uh, because of course James, uh, his his son, uh, King James was uh, was King Charles I. So there is sort of a connection here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, once again, I'm scared of the randomizer.
0: Yeah, kind of like I kind of like Doctor Who's casting of kings. <laughs> a little better <laughs> than maybe the real world, but <laughs> um, yes, you know, give, give
1: us King Alan, King Alan the
0: First. I was king... I was trying to go through the time space visualizer in my head as you were talking about early, you know, depictions of royalty, mm. and I actually went back to the time space visualizer in my mind into the chase where <laughs> they 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 peek in, and I thought for a second, was there a king? No, it was actually it was Elizabeth the First because it was yeah. like. Uh, Shakespeare was in her court and there was some little back and forth there. So yeah, Yeah. no Kings there either. No Kings in Doctor Who
1: except for Alan Cumming and we will get to him. But first we have what we call our feedback loop. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what's the feedback loop the feedback loop is where we dive into we pull to open the podcast and how it's interacting with the real world such as the internet is because we are on the internet so but real. people uh, review the podcast they leave us comments and we have uh we like to talk about the highlights of that in this part and we're going to lead off with reviews as we always do and this time uh with reviews which by the way you should leave Mm. uh little reviews are great uh we love them we love to read them out on the air and they really help the podcast with their visibility in the apple podcast app so even if you don't use that app please go ahead and fire it up and leave us a review um also wherever you're listening to this if you are able to rate or review the show please do so uh again really helps the app uh the app it probably does help helps. the app but it also helps the podcast <laughs> yeah.
2: It helps but, the app
0: to be used every so often. It's like stretching muscle. you got <laughs> to exactly. do it. Just, Your podcast just, app wants to feel wanted. Exactly. So what I have here, though, is a bit of a correction on our <laughs> last review. So we read out uh, one of our most recent review, which had a very clever clever title of a blue box. Yes. Uh, but I really tripped over the handle. And it was, I think I said it was Zen one
2: and yes.
0: that's the best i did would i if i just sort of thought about it for a little longer um <laughs> I would have realized it's the chosen one yes as in the chosen one and i want to thank uh joe cyberpunk rep for setting us straight yes I, love it. I love it. If, if we
1: if we'd been you know better better Star wars fans and uh, not not thinking in a Doctor Who fan context maybe we would have gotten that one
0: i know i know i don't know, i don't even know if I have any. Star Wars Easter eggs in my background today, but um, (laughs) thanks so much again for that great review. It was a really good one, and you too could get your handle corrected.
1: (laughs) That's right. You (laughs) even mentioned two
0: weeks in a row. (laughs) Leave a perplexy, a good review with a perplexing handle, and we'll be glad to uh, give you a one-two punch. Uh, So, thanks again, Joe, and go ahead and follow him if you find that on the socials. After you follow, of course, post it open wherever we are available. Uh oh, hmm. uh, TikTok, pull to open, Twitter and Instagram, pull to open63, and YouTube.com slash pull to open. We're on all of it. I have to say before we before
1: we leave that Josen One and the uh the blue box emoji, this reminds me that that RTD himself has been using emoji as sort of uh Doctor Who uh hint. Uh, mm. So you know the, the Doctor Who thing is Might so hot. Nice. It's so hot right now. Uh, yeah, he pre- he previewed the announcement of Shuity as the as the fourteenth Doctor with a uh, uh, a tweet that was just, I believe, it was two hearts, two heart emojis, a plus sign, and a blue box.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, All yeah. Right. It's sort of so, to remember this. But has he been up to anything lately?
1: Uh, there there were other mention. There was one similar one that sort of preceded the announcement of uh, uh, Tennant and uh, Donna. Uh, yeah, uh, th- their return that was also uh, a two heart. Uh, so anyway, all I'm okay. saying is clearly RTD okay. listens to the show. Clearly, he's gotten the idea that, that Doctor Who emoji is the way to go. Well, uh, so it's I would really add hard. that
0: he clearly should have written smile. <laughs> <laughs> he knows someone. emoji yeah, uh, yeah. Saying, only that someone who knew emoji actually writing <laughs> that episode i think it would have been a classic
2: he speaks emoji. Um,
0: speaking of rtd this is kind of the mm. other business section of things but mm. he did share something out on instagram recently mm. and uh clearly gotten to work even before i don't think uh, they're shooting the next season yet i think that's in a couple mm. of months i think november but they tweeted out a photo of himself and Shudi Gatwa and um, other other creative folks, which I, who I should know, <laughs> obviously working on the show. But they're obviously hard at work on the next season. Season, what is that? 12, 13? No, 14, I guess. Right? Because Flux was technically the series 13. 13, yes. Yeah, so okay.
1: 14 will be the next one.
0: Wow. Yeah. Apt. indeed the number
1: of seasons the number of doctors have finally lined up not sure if that's happened before
0: yeah crazy uh we'll see we'll see when they get to season (laughs) 275 oh we will get there we'll still be
1: on air going through random episodes of doctor who probably
0: absolutely Uh, i'm um... committed
1: (laughs) we did figure out last time that this was going to take us what eight years
0: Sound um, like that but i mean I, as long as some mud reanimates me millions <laughs> of years later i am down so that's morax right. people if you're listening you know i will break you guys out of prison to just keep this podcast going oh my getting god getting ahead will, of myself though we will so chop down the tree to, to let sure. our
1: morax brothers and sisters out
0: <laughs> uh, morax the morax they speak for the mud um so I went over the other socials. Um, just a reminder: YouTube, we are still uploading season two of the podcast. So we have just gotten all the way up to Terror of the Autons. That was oh, a good one. I remember it well? It's about a year ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good times. I don't think we ever really um, figured out why the Nestines are octopi in the Pertwee era, but eh, you know, go with it. It's funny. I think I think daffodils. Every time I think
1: of Terror of yeah. the Autons, now I just think daffodils. Totally. And, and, uh, and yeah, creepy. Yeah, sort of, yeah it's, it's, it's this sort of happy, joyous uh, celebration of
0: flowers in my memory. Um <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps we're best to leave it. Um, yeah. Okay. And so. uh, TikTok, of course, we're on TikTok uh, at Pull to Open. We're getting more followers, more comments, and we have a TikTok comment of the week. And this is on one of our Revenge of the Cybermen videos. It was actually the plot summary, and it comes from someone with the handle Slats22. Hmm. And Slats22 tells us, my first intro to Cybermen. Loved this episode. Really thought those little cyberbug venom things creepy as heck. Wow. And I wanted to just highlight this just to remind everyone, you know, as much as you might hate on a particular episode, it has its fans. And Mm. we did find, like, a lot to like about Revenge of the Cybermen. I mean, there was... It it sort of starts out strong and then completely collapses under the nonsenseness of its plot. Yeah. but, but someone loves it, yeah, and it's you know it's again like I say, not as bad as we thought, and I I, I could I think it's completely okay to love that episode. If
1: you love Absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. We we're not here to tell you that you're wrong, that you're yeah. bad for loving a thing that you love, uh, but also I, I love that he t- he calls the cybermat cyber, cyber bug cyber bug venom things, <laughs> um, which is wonderful. I you know uh, TikTok's a great platform, and I I sort of feel like it's in its infancy, and one of the things it could do is link to other suggested TikToks that we uh, point you to because it would be great for us to go from a, a Cybermat TikTok from Revenge of the Cybermen to a Cybermat TikTok from, say, Closing Time. Yeah. Like, if you liked yeah. uh, Cybermats, you know, here's
0: here's a TikTok for you to go to next. And we do have one. There's a TikTok yeah. we did on Bitey from closing time oh i love biting oh. <laughs> all-time gold medal best gold medalist in the Cybermat contest i believe like bitey was just so great there, there oh. are no gods but Bitey, uh, no no <laughs> Cybermats but Bitey. We got to have him on the pod sometime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so in, via Zoom, right, in his own uh, window. So He's just uh, smashing against the screen for the whole podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it'd be hard to get him close to the mic, and I might feel a little a little uneasy about that if he was here in the room. Yeah, Bitey, me, but... Bitey, we can't hear you, Bitey, you've eaten your mic. <laughs> um, swallow it, give it, yeah. <laughs> regurgitate <laughs> it baby <basically>. come on <laughs> so thanks Slats22 for reminding us there's good things and even what we consider might be the, the turkeys of Doctor Who oh, um, right. turkey and- is tasty the Turkey's delicious man I'm looking yeah. forward to having tons of it this fall <laughs> All Probably right. The next time
1: we're at New Who, uh, yeah, yeah. Centenary. So that's it.
0: Yeah, closing the book on the feedback loop there, and we're getting to <clears throat> other business, which I think we've pretty much covered. The Centenary Special is coming up, mm. but one thing we did mention was the Doctor Who magazine revealed the title. Well, that was that's been out for a while. I've actually finally got my hard copy, which uh, took a while to get me. And uh, old uh, for the YouTube people on YouTube, yeah, Sasha Dewan. At Sasha Dewan, and I've I've there's a lot of interviews in here, and I did just get it, so I've only read one of them. But um it's they they share a lot about sort of the the epicness, as you would expect, of the centenary special, allude to certain things that are happening. Um, and they have interviews with everybody from Janet Fielding to well, everyone we know about, mm. right? so so Janet Fielding, Sophie Aldred, uh, Sean O'Kane, who's back as Ash, and I wanted to just yeah. flip again for you guys on YouTube. Uh, this is what I'm really looking forward to. And I'm on record as one of the first Pulta opens as really liking this design. It's the Cybermasters, Yes. As we kind of knew, but, uh, they got a whole freaking spread here in the magazine. I, I did not know that. I did not
1: know that they were back. I'm, I'm excited that they're back. It's a great design. It's one of the things that we mentioned when we, when we, uh, uh, did the timeless children back before we went random, uh, back in our first season. And, um, it was, yeah, it was definitely a standout from that from that episode, from that season, uh, the design of the Cybermasters. Yeah. It made the ridiculous concept that the Master could wipe out the entire Time Lord race uh, kind of makes a bit more, well, it doesn't make sense, but yeah. r- produces a reason. You know? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> The Cybermasters are cool.
0: Not to get too far down yeah. pre- <laughs> previewing or reviewing a show we know virtually mm. nothing about. But yeah. what I would love, uh, I, I really like the Cybermasters, not just as a design, but kind of an idea. And I, I kind of do want to see them without the Master, though. Because I, I if they're just kind of like Cyber Slaves of the Master, mm. that's not that interesting. But if you see Cybermen enhanced with the power and sort of knowledge of the Time Lords... Essentially cyber time lords. I I like that idea of them as a primary bad guy.
1: Yeah, I like the,
0: yeah, a cyber lord president would, would be fantastic.
1: And I, I also kind of love the idea. You're you're taking me into interesting headcanon territory. Uh which is the, like what if they were like Oswald in um, in uh, Asylum of the Daleks? They didn't know they were Cybermen. They thought oh. they were just time lords kind of continuing on. Right, uh, or like know,
0: Bill, even there's some precedent yeah. for that, right? With yes. the cybermen,
1: exactly. Bill, an yeah. even better example, uh, in the Dr. Falls, Bill is a cyberman,
0: yeah. Uh, I like that. And mm. they're this kind of like somehow the cyberizing of them gives them almost like it's almost like this is the thing. The cybermen have, uh, I, I shouldn't go too far down, this is a tangent, but they're sometimes mm. like zombies, yeah, and sometimes they're like vampires, if you think yes. about it, right? You know, and so sort of you can play out both of those things in an episode like that and i i just uh i really think there's a, there's a lot of ripe stuff to be mined by finding this cyberized uh versions of other things and not just sort of this this yeah. human human plus technology thing which is interesting i like the cybermen don't get me wrong it's just like you know let's let's keep keep experimenting let's keep trying new things
1: I love it because it, sort of sh- it sends a shiver down my spine at the idea of the Cybermen not knowing that they're side and it's mm. you know we do we do love if you're new to pull to open the pull to open universe we uh, we do love our head here on this show mm. we do love to take a tangent into what might have been and what might yet be so uh, definitely not out of character for us at all. However, uh, we are going to close the book. Are we? <laughs> on The feedback loop. Must we? Must okay. we?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, because it is that yeah. time.
1: It's time. It's, it's time. that time. It's the time that that Peter's procrastinating on because he has to yeah. summarize the episode that we're talking about, the Witchfinders, right? Uh, in a segment we call TLDW, too long didn't watch or too long Doctor Who, you choose. Um, and what we do with these is we give you thirty seconds per classic episode, one minute per new episode to. Summarize the show uh with no with no notes open on your screen right uh, yep they're all gone. on YouTube. you can see, yes, the Pete's face grows slightly darker as the as
0: the deadline windows disappear as the windows hide disappear. others from the finder and even the zengaster is no longer visible, Yes, it's not that we have dramatic lighting.
1: Uh, <laughs> here and pulled to open it is just merely the closing of the windows someday so, someday
0: so pete how are you uh, feeling
1: about summarizing the Witchfinders in one minute
0: i'll be honest with you not great i mean uh as you sort of demonstrated even in rosa which was even, yeah. i think more straightforward um these these new who ones are hard because are. there is a pacing difference between the classic series and the new series and the new series just sort of inherently crams more in i believe Mm. Um. So there's that, and this one is like there's a lot of kind of back and forth in this one. I feel like more than it seems. Um. So there's, there's a and- lot of plot.
1: There's a lot of yeah, plot in new. There's a lot of plot. This is what we're discovering. Uh, our our muscles are out of practice. Our plots are rising. Yeah. Muscles have been become used to the high oxygen environment of classic who, um, mm-hmm. and and now here we are taking them to the altitude training.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so i'll do my best here I'll, I'll obviously you know it's a in tldw it's always a question of what you leave out what you prioritize so yep. um it's not it, it inherently can't be comprehensive so i'll uh i'll try to be really selective and not go down any rabbit holes and
1: that's oh, the right. best you can do man good luck good luck with the mud and the tentacles burbling up out of those rabbit holes no. um, <laughs> <laughs> don't get trapped by the tentacles all right the official pull to open summary in the witch of the Witchfinders. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. take that again. The official
0: pull-to-open summary of The Witch starts in three, two, one, go. The doctor and the fam are going back or trying to go back to see Elizabeth the I, but they keep missing, and they actually end up uh, pretty close in the early 17th century in Lancashire, and uh, there is a witch trial going on. The doctor says, don't interfere, but then she loses that resolve when seeing the witch, the person being drowned. Uh, They get drowned. The doctor pretends that she is actually a witch finder general to the local person who's this woman named Becca Savage uh, who has actually been executing a lot of women because they're witches. And so she tries to uh, uh, stop her uh, in any way she can. Uh, A plot twist. King James actually shows up because he's been hearing about the heroism of this woman executing witches in the name of uh, defeating Satan. And so the doctor and the fam uh, really try to find out what's going on. Yaz finds out uh, that there is these uh, the, this weird mud stuff that's actually reanimating corpses. The doctor realizes there are these creatures, um, the Morax, that come out of this prison I, and then somehow stops them from. Uh breaking out of that prison, uh, but the king actually kills this Becca Savage person who's been taken over by the Morax, and uh, it's it's uh, sad, but they have defeated the Morax and re-imprisoned them, and uh, the doctor gets King James, or at least tries to persuade him to stop uh, killing witches, and they all leave.
2: Uh, t- uh, yes,
0: well, okay. <laughs> One minute and 22 seconds. Uh, I, 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 I. There's too much to explain here. There I mean, is too much. I, I'm sorry, yes. I, I don't know where I would have... I mean, I kind of know, like I probably should have practiced it or something because it's like... I've left out a lot, even going a minute twenty. <laughs> that,
1: that's okay. It's okay. It's not. Yeah. This is not a reality show where you'll be Ooh. ejected from the podcast for <laughs> going over time. That's that's later in the pull-to-open development yeah. uh, when this turns into a really nasty podcast. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no you, it's you the inferno world. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll,
0: I'll to open. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, if if I wear a fake mustache, like a tune yeah. in one of the week, I going a fake Some Leather A uh, we'll watch out. Those Yeah, I'll, I'll just do a sort of swing around in my chair, and I'll be leather <laughs> eye patch. We've I all got one. You doing it that Chris? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. I love it. Uh, but no, no, no. It's a really tough one, and it's. Yeah. I'm sorry you had to handle this. This, this there is a lot going on. You do sort of have to bring King James into it, which King James was apparently a, a late addition to the story. Mm. Uh, the story was, which is ironic because the story was originally called Demonology, which okay. is the name of the book that King James I wrote about witchcraft uh, that is glimpsed mm. re- briefly uh, on the uh, the table of, of Becca Savage uh, in, in their show. Uh, but yeah, he did a lot of
0: writing that game, James.
1: He really <laughs> did, my God. Uh, he he wrote three books. Uh, he did not write, uh, obviously, the translation of the Bible that bears his right. name. Um, but he did do two other ones. For um, uh, uh, Well, <laughs> no, not quite that length. But yeah, he did do Demonology because he was right. actually, Witchfinders is historically accurate in a lot of ways. And one of the ways is he was obsessed with witches. And then the other ones, he kind of uh, was obsessed with the divine right of kings, okay, um, which would cause his son, King Charles, so much trouble and would cause him to eventually lose his head. This philosophy of the divine right of kings, um, and uh, and then the, the the other one is a a book written to the son that he thought was going to be king. Uh, I, I believe his name was Frederick. Uh, who who died, and you know King King Charles the became king because his elder brother died um, before King James the died. So it's imagine being poor Charles the and your dad has written this entire book to your dead brother on how to be a king, and like you, you, there you <laughs> are, like doing doing the line from uh, Walk Hard if you remember that film. The wrong son died.
2: <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So yeah. yeah. So fascinating for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously, King the, the existence of King James in this sort of kind of throws a, a lot of spanners in the works, and the first spanner is named Alan Cumming because yeah. if you're watching the Witchfinder and you're like, "Hang on, didn't this have to have used to have more scenes?" Well, the answer is that Alan Cumming stole them. <laughs> um he he walked away with them other ones like there's less scenery than you might imagine because he chewed it um <laughs>
0: yeah it is, I, yeah I th- what I did think, you think well i what thought you think? it again uh i thought it was good i was it was really good i and i think it's already interesting and you know you're getting a lot of um visceral reaction from the doctor and the fam encountering sort of this ugliness of history, sort of similar in that sense to Rosa, but but yeah. sort of different in some key ways, uh, just sort of from the, the historical thematic sense. But really, like, you're already into it. Alan Cumming shows up and everything gets leveled up. Like, you're just like, yeah. oh, wow. Like, he's kind of blowing me away with his lines and his performance. And I found that, like, as much as I enjoyed him, I almost felt bad for Jodie Whittaker. Yes. Because she's kind of getting shown up in her own show now. That said, I think, role in this one and we'll get into it is written very well um in that she she's she's always sort of moving things along yeah. and seemingly in control except for a couple of key spots um but there there's sort of room for to for the script to sort of make its points about sort of prejudice and particularly sexism mm-hmm. through her uh mm-hmm. without her losing agency and also her sort of retaining her sort of commanding status as the doctor. So it sort of threads a needle here, you know, like it's got yeah. a lot to do and it pulls off most of it pretty well. It gives the guest star space to shine and
1: it gives Jody and Alan a great scene together where he he has captured her
0: mm-hmm. he's he's just right.
1: sort of like, now completely convinced that that the doctor is a witch. Um and and they have this great line these these great lines together these great scenes. Um, all about this question of like, well, basically she knows everything that's happened to him because yeah. one thing we know about the doctor, he's—I wouldn't say he or she is a royalist, but they are definitely um kind of yeah. most very, very interested in the details. They—they
0: they, they know their British history. They do. No question: Isn't that interesting? It kind of reminds and, me a little bit of uh, Davison and yeah, and the King of demons, yeah, the King yeah. Of demons and making sure you know Tegan. Was uh <laughs> was up to speed. Um, sure. Damn colonial new her British history. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but it's um, but yeah, generally I think the Witchfinders is good. I think plot wise, it um, it's actually okay. Uh, I guess when the Morax show up and particularly when Becca Savage is taken over by them. I feel like there's a kind of a downgrade in the villainy of the episode because the villainy is, I think very good when it's that historical ignorance, the witch trials and sort of like you, you understand it, but obviously you hate it and disgust it. And we're feeling what the fam is feeling, you know, knowing that they can only do so much Hmm. and can only correct so much by, um without you know going to war with these people essentially right um but the the, the when it, when they become the morax and it's kind of just another alien of the week mm-hmm. that just sort of inherently becomes a little less interesting and i know it's a doctor who show and you kind of expect that um but you know it's 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 kind of like they're there to sort of layer on the creepy stuff with the zombies earlier, which yeah. works, right? That's even that's creepy as hell. My daughter, who watched this with me, she had a hard time going to sleep that night. So, Ooh, I'm yeah, I can believe it. it. Parent of the Year award after this one, by the way. <laughs> those, um, those
1: mud creatures, they're, they're pretty terrifying. Like, the, the, the shade of gray yeah. on their skin. There's just something about that. Well, it's especially
0: the the lead one, who is the... Mm. I forget the name of the character, but she's drowned in, like, the first time... Uh, the, the first person old, gets drowned. Old Mother Twiston, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she got her... Like, her makeup and everything is perfect. Like, she mm. is super creepy. Like, you do not want to be anywhere near her. The other ones, like, when they get the other corpses... I'd see. I think they were just rushed. You know, they were just like we we can't do the full on thing for all six of them, and the other ones clearly look like they're just you know dimly lit in a music video. But it um, was
1: it, it's beautifully shot. We should definitely give a shout out to sure. to the director on this. Um, which, by the way, I believe first first Doctor Who story ever to be written and directed by women. Yep. Um, and the the direction on this is great. It's very horror movie. It's very sort of low angles on the the mud zombies right make them look Hmm. way creepier than they are there's that great scene where we pull back to reveal that there's tons of them have all escaped from their graves Mm -hmm. right after we've just dealt with one um which is yeah you know it's m night Shyamalan worthy uh uh-esque kind of you know just in visually speaking
0: right it's i will get my criticism in here though Mm -hmm. that i've said before about things they don't do enough and uh, they yeah. do some things like they kill. I, I forget the king the, again. I should, <laughs> I should probably try uh, to prepare for this. But the the king's protector gets killed Ooh. by one of them with sort of this force shock. Which again, I think is kind of a yeah. bad choice. I mean, I get that it's this isn't a horror movie. It is Doctor Who, right? So there's a certain there's a limit to the gro- the gruesomeness. Yes, uh, but you can at least allude to it. You know, you don't have to show the gore. But I, I would have preferred a much a little more visceral danger from the zombies because mm. at some point i'm kind of thinking well, are they going to do anything what are they going to do and i kind of wanted I, there was a missed opportunity here to have a little bit of night of the living dead vibes like yeah, these things yeah. are really threatening us and we're, we're in visceral physical danger which you never quite feel once they well, show up yeah yeah you either go that way
1: i think you're right you either go that way or you go into pure historical now we were, yeah. we were talking about this last week about with rosa like the you know Racist dude from the future, Crasco, uh, who uh, instigates the the attempt to stop Rosa doing doing her protest, um, you know, is, is kind of a fig leaf for, for sure. an almost pure historical. Now, if you're only familiar with New Who, you may not know uh, from the old show, there were pure historical episodes right up until the the Patrick Troughton era. There was a lot in William Hartnell's era. It was very much a thing that was part of the remit of the show was education. So you had a lot of shows like, uh, you know, the reign of terror or episodes like the reign of terror uh, or, you know, the massacre and stuff like this, where it was just a historical event that the doctor was going to, or indeed uh, an unearthly child technically counts. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it built in right from the start and they stopped it officially with the Highlanders black orchid in the Peter Davidson era is technically pure historical. And it's like the the new show has sort of been flirting with the idea, but it's mm-hmm. like at the last minute they pull back, like, no, we've got to have something, something futury, something uh, monstery, and yeah. uh, they. <laughs> it's basically the randomizers have shown us two examples, like the, the Rosa is the something futury, and um, you know, and the Witchfinders has the Morax something monstery. Now, my my problem with the Morax is, uh, you know, I'm a word guy, so it's going to be mainly about the name, the fact right. that. We, the only thing we know about these mud zombies so far is one, they're, they're covered in mud and two, they carry an ax. Like that's their defining feature. They like to pick up axes. Even the axes that the fam has stupidly left lying around in, in the house, in Becca Savage's house. They're like, Oh, she keeps an ax under her bed. That's interesting. Oh, look, the mud creatures grabbed the ax. We probably should have had that. Um, (laughs)
0: But so, on to that now, yeah.
1: so, first of all, so you're thinking about these creatures, right? In a shorthand, you're thinking the word axe. Uh, and then they show up, and, and then they reveal that their name is More Axe. Um,
0: <laughs> not less axe, <laughs> more, true. more axe. Um, but yeah, also it's, it's, it sounds... it's actually it's almost moar isn't it like yeah. <laughs> i think it's almost actually spelled that i mean i guess the a's on the other side but...
1: Morax, more axe <laughs> more um but also it sounds just like lorax and maybe this is just an american thing i don't think you know dr seuss wasn't as as uh, common in the uk at least outside the cat in the hat i, I don't remember the lorax growing up but certainly you know you to a u.s audience this is like it's the lorax but with mud like yeah. Morax speaks for the trees. The Morax speaks for the mud.
0: It's definitely one of the lazier names. Honestly, one mm. of the lazier al- aliens. And, and plot-wise, I'll I'll, I'll uh, point out just because it's like they do this thing again, almost needlessly making the scale absurd mm. on the timeline. Because they're like, well, this this jail for the Morax has been there for billions of years, which is like mm. billions, really, because that's like predating most life on Earth, and that's fine. I guess you could say that someone created a prison billions of years ago on some rock that just happened to turn into earth. I guess that's the implication. Yeah. Uh, It is a like, it's almost like you don't even want an explanation, right? Like it it sort of, you don't even want to think about it because it kind of ruins it. And it's all just twisting this plot into the, the witch trials of the Mm. 17th century. And, you know, you could just say anything you could just say like, well, because uh, they would like to vacation here in Lancashire, like uh, these, these, <laughs> it's like their hunting ground or whatever. It's like they every
2: yeah, now Pen, and then they, they, Hill.
0: they gather hey. some berries from Earth. And they decided, hey, <laughs> this is a good spot
1: for our prison. It is interesting going back and forth with the new show and the old show. This is a problem the old show had as well, right? We ran into this re- with Revenge of the Cybermen that yeah. the the Vogan, uh, people on that, that asteroid uh, called Voga. Um, were there for like they've been around? They said they've been around for billions of years themselves, right? And uh, I think something like that. I don't know something like that. But I feel what? like we've had this conversation many times about yeah. Doctor Who villains that they are almost always imprisoned for billions of years or millions. Like, yeah. why? Why do you need that that time scale? You know, yeah. uh, it's just it's kind of lazy writing. I think you're absolutely right. Um. Especially as, it, so, so, you know, it's, it's a lovely environmental metaphor that the reason the Morax were freed was that a tree was chopped down because Becca Savage was right. uh, greedy and she didn't care about other people
0: and landowner well, and, land, land and the most, the most um, superficial of reasons too. Wasn't it? Just yeah, like, it was No, I heated, her fuel. Fuel now. She just like, I don't like the tree. The look at the tree. Right uh, now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to look at that tree. So again, you know, Lorax reference, like she's chopping a yeah. tree down and that's when the tentacle comes out of the ground and chops her down uh or at least you know infects her um which is i kind of like the infection aspect of it you know becca savage sort of dripping mud out of her eyes that's a nice creepy scene like oh okay i'm starting to put this together
0: um yeah and you kind of can feel figure out like from we've seen the zombies like oh hmm. That's what's going to happen to her, and so I think that yeah, it works really well. It works as a very good uh plot device, just because it's like, oh, okay, she's not just killing uh, people to sort of appease Satan uh, and accusing them of witchcraft. She's actually trying to hide her own um infection. Mm, and, yeah, know, what about yeah, it's this, right
1: that that sense of like, you know, she's she's projecting, yeah, uh, her hatred, yeah, you know, because because it's happening to her, is, yeah. 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 Yeah so speaking of things that that happened in in Doctor Who quite a lot uh, that I think are handled well in this one is that the doctor's mention of meeting historical characters can often be or or sometimes being historical characters as we saw saw in Rosa, the doctor basically says that she's Banksy um and uh you know and in, in this in this case it's uh, Houdini Houdini makes a, a wonderful i think well very well judged uh, appearance in the script where that is how the doctor explains that she she escapes the chains in the ducking chair um because of quote a wet weekend with houdini
0: <laughs> a wet weekend okay a wet
1: weekend i love that because it just you know <laughs> so, i mean, uh, uh, I
0: mean, like,
1: mm-hmm. I mean there's so many ways to interpret that which is i think what is wonderful like there's there's no like you know when when clara would talk about going and making out with jane austen like there were no two ways to interpret that right yeah uh but if you sort of make it ambivalent and ambiguous like this like the doctor had a wet weekend with houdini what does that mean who knows <laughs> make up, up your
0: own head, head. canon <laughs> um yeah totally yeah. and i think it notably it's i think the second at least the second mention of the doctor meeting houdini there was a pertwee episode ah where he frees himself from some some rope or something and he sort of for some reason can't remember the name of how it taught him and it was he, he he utters out all these H names and of course at the end it's Houdini. Um so,
1: so can I can I uh include one historical fact here that I love and we'll we'll maybe get to Chris's historical corner because oh, I have we a lot have. to say a lot to say about witch trials and about it. We all this
0: whole time, but okay. <laughs>
1: We're corner adjacent, um, <laughs> but I just since we're talking about the prison that is holding the Morax, mm-hmm. uh, Pendle Hill in in Lancashire is a famous famous hill, famous for a lot of oh, reasons okay. actually because we have so much history in Britain that is just leaking with it, and the, the Pendle Hill witch trials are only one of like three reasons why Pendle Pendle Hill is famous. But my favorite fact about Pendle Hill is that the literal translation of Pendle Hill is hill hill hill. <laughs> uh, okay because, because the word pendle it comes from pen which meant hill in i believe uh cumbrian an old a very old language yeah. and then i think dull came from hill in anglo-saxon uh and then and people just sort of ran them together and then forgot what both words mean so they added a hill because it's clearly a hill
0: yeah so exactly. it's hill 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 <laughs> is it like a hill Gets a little flat there's a little <laughs> there's a hill. on top of that. And then maybe there's an end hill on the second hill. So got-
1: yeah. We it's, a, it's like a warning to hikers. Hill, hill, hill.
0: <laughs> like this is a serious one. Right on. This one is massive. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even bother getting your bike up there.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you know? Pendle Hill, um, you know, scene of real witch trials uh, or, or, scene of an area where people were put on trial. They were not burned. They were not ducked. They were hanged. Ouch. Nine, Nine women and two men, which is why, you know, to, to the point of the, the show itself, like the show says that, what is it, 26 uh, people um, have been killed here you know, like in- that's uh, I
0: think it might have been higher. It might have been like 30-something.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a
0: lot. Yeah.
1: Becca Savage has, yeah, she's she's killed or drowned- 36 witches and that's sort of why they have to do this thing at the end where they basically make it hidden history right we're going to yeah. completely abolish the town uh what was it called a slimehurst <laughs> it's not a nice name of town
0: some um, somethinghurst some, H- crag yeah i remember the word crag Um uh, yeah. yeah it's uh bilehurst bilehurst yes,
1: Hurst, yes. Bilehurst Crag. Yes, that's, that's a name that you you wouldn't necessarily want to have on the map, so it's interesting that the king kind of announced it. But it's also interesting that they're saying that this massive ducking of witches occurred mm-hmm. completely outside of the historical record. Nobody noticed. Nobody Nobody wrote it down. Because the actual Pendle Hill witch trials are some of the best, like we have the most documentary evidence for them of any witch
0: trials anywhere. Oh, interesting! I assume yeah. they all ended in execution, uh, all the hangings, and uh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so there Has were never
0: survived. Which like proving yes, innocent? I I believe someone their innocence was like they died. So you know. Yeah. Well, like that's the opposite of no harm no foul, it's all harm, but, all foul.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, we'll we'll get to the ducking stool later as a separate thing. Like I'm glad that they included it because the ducking stool was almost more deadly than uh than witch trials were. Mm-hmm. Witch trials like they they grabbed the headlines as it were in a historical sense. Obviously, we we think of Salem. Oh. Uh, but how many people were killed at Salem? Uh, 20. 20 were executed. 200 people accused, right? So it was only a 10% uh, murder rate. And Salem, obviously, we remember as this horrible, horrible mm-hmm. uh, period in history. You know, we think of the crucible, and we think of the, the sense of accusation, the screaming back and forth, right? All of that. And still it only killed 12 people, uh, 20 people, right? And right. Pendle, which is... And here they're uh, only Only 12 died. Uh, apparently around two... Uh, sorry, 500 executions for witchcraft between the early 15th and early 18th centuries. So basically the, the whole time that witchcraft was kind of a thing uh, in, in uh, the UK, fewer than 500 executions. Hmm. So the Pendle witch trials were 2% of the total of witch executions, you know, all over.
0: Uh, well, by the way. The historically. So 2% percent not yeah, matter. It's just, yeah. Just historically. Historically. Like, Because here, there's like way more.
1: Yeah, it it would be way. This is what I'm saying. This is how huge this would be in a historical context. Yeah, and you'd think that Thomas Potts would have mentioned it. So Thomas Potts is not well, potentially Bill Potts' ancestor, but um, (laughs) but wrote a book called "The Wonderful Discovery of Witches in the County of Lancaster." Okay, which is the book that he he was clerk to the court of these uh, of these assizes that tried these witches.
0: So he wrote literally
1: everything down. Wow. Uh, So We have so much detail.
0: Isn't the whole thing in this one that it's like erased though, from the record, like at the end there. And so, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's the thing about the the Slimehurst crag trials, right. A sort of
1: erased from the record, but Pendle Hill, uh, I guess continues, I guess, because the, the executions were diverted. One of them took place in York and the other in Lancaster. The others were all Lancaster. Yeah. For, uh, for legal reasons. Um, but yeah, it's weird. And it does tie into James I. It's yeah. the interesting thing. because, So, you know, imagine you've got a mad king. <laughs> I know this is hard for America Light, to imagine. A
0: lightly mad king.
1: <laughs> a lightly mad king. But basically, imagine you've got a king who really believes witchcraft is a thing. Right. Uh, or witch hunts is a thing. Imagine a leader who keeps ranting about witch hunts. Uh, I know it's impossible for Americans to imagine that, but just just try, just stretch your imaginations. Yeah, I, think uh, I do all, what
0: you're doing here.
1: <laughs> you see what I'm doing here?
0: Um, yeah. So, so King James was not everything sort of, is about Trump, Chris. i just. Gonna...
1: Oh, isn't it though? Isn't it? Um,
2: it's sort of infected all, all
1: right. portions of our brain. That's kind of the point. Um, but yes, so so King James, you know, it is, and the show. The Witch Finders does an excellent job of kind of explaining King James's history uh, and why he would be so, why he has such PTSD around witches, right? he's so, so anti-witch. And what is the reason? Well, you know, it's that he's constantly in danger of assassination. It's absolutely Ooh. true. Um, yeah. And yeah. I feel like
0: that was like, I didn't quite buy it at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially on first watching that he's kind of like the king, but he's kind of wandering around on his own. And mm. that, that was always weird. To yes. me, you know. Yes. Um, but on second watching and sort of getting like more vibe from him and, and feeling like I, I he's like, I travel incognito. So you mm. buy into that level and he's not totally alone, of course. Um, and Yeah. Like, he
1: has I'm Alfonso.
0: The, yeah. He has the, he, that's it Alfonso. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't place it before, but the, um, I, I I thought it made more sense this time, and if you think about just even back then, uh, you know the pomp and circumstance that we associated with the the royalty today, you know, was mm. probably a nascent form, and and you just didn't have, uh, you know, massive processions wherever royals went. You know, it was just kind of a, a, a I mean, maybe they did like in, in some context, but I, I like well, this idea. He's a stealthy king.
1: you've you've definitely you've hit on something that that bothered me too uh i think it's right i think it's right to be confused about that not only from from a purely historical perspective which is yeah you know obviously the king would travel with a larger retinue and you sort of have signs of a retinue in the background of some scenes you're sort of not sure whose retinue they are right um but definitely like it just doesn't make sense internally for such a paranoid king to travel uh with with such a small uh entourage like well with not an entourage with one dude and and when when he showed up in his mask I i don't know about you but i got since we've been there recently mark of the rani vibes where the master is sort of like trying to do this inept disguise like and everyone knows is right. the master. like why would you even bother yeah it with king james it doesn't seem right i'm gonna say that it's probably a function of his late emergence in the script mm-hmm. um, but yeah it just it struck me throughout why is he alone eyes.
0: it's one of mm. these things where you either buy it or you don't i think the first time mm. it bothered me too much this time i went with it because there is logic to it right like if you're actually really trying to avoid and this is kind of what i was trying to get at earlier where if you're really trying to avoid uh, being seen or knowing where you are you're, you're essentially like you're, you're reducing your presence to this footprint that everyone would think that couldn't be the king because the only, mm. he would travel with a hundred guys, but he'd travel yeah. with only a few guys. So it's like, well, no one, like, you know, no one's going to think, but of course, once he sort of unmasks himself, literally, this is where this doesn't make sense anymore because it's like, well, wait a minute now, now you're not saying like, I'm, you know, yeah. Joe blow, which guy I'm like, I'm the king. Well, now that you've said that, everyone's going to know you're the king. (laughs) You should probably call it your entourage. Yeah, it just like, I
1: mean, you know, definitely in this time, Tudor monarchs, Stuart monarchs, they would all travel with entourages. They were all terrified of assassination uh, with very good reason. I mean, it is amazing that James survived as long as he did with the the gunpowder plot, uh, especially, you know, we all know about Guy Fawkes um mm. <laughs> ironically because of the mask um but yeah he was he was a super paranoid king totally would have traveled with an entourage it doesn't make sense even given what we know about him in the show and the other interesting thing is so love love alan cumming love him love him to death in fact i'm going to make an obscure alan cumming reference to prove this which is that i love the show if you can dig it out anywhere you're you're a better internet searcher than i am it's called the High Life. And it was a BBC sitcom from the mid-90s in which Alan Cumming plays a, a air steward uh, on an airline that's going back and forth between London and Edinburgh. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, playing it in his uh, home accent, his Scottish accent, which is again, by the way, great, great reason to play James, who was originally a Scottish king. Um, but once you choose Alan Cumming for this role, you kind of know what you're going to get, right? right. It's going to be a bit comedy. Um, because he is so good at that. He's just like a twinkle in his eye can make you laugh. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just the astonishing acting chops of this guy. And if you stick him in a beard and a twirly mustache like that, like you <laughs> yeah. absolutely know what you got. You're going to get comedy. So this is a, it's a comedy <laughs> version of King James. Though? Well, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. So we've seen it in the context of the Romans mm-hmm. recently, right? We went to the Romans, the Hartnell historical with nero with nero definitely played by a comedian played for laughs played as a comic thing but also at the same time here like you're trying to do this deadly serious point where the doctor is talking to james about his obsession with witches uh and the doctor's like trying to make a serious historical point and we sort of feel for the doctor because she is you know, uh, f- for the first time, she's encountering the danger that a woman would face in in this era, and she sort of, you know, right. uh, says it expressly, like, "Oh my God, if I was a bloke, uh, at one point, just yeah. like oh, I was a bloke, this wouldn't even be a problem." Like, uh, you know, it's a it's a revelation for her in her in her new body, uh, and uh, so it's kind of got this serious cast to it, right? Because there's, yeah. there's a lot of serious issues to be to be dealt at here, and. Well, can can a a primarily comedy role pull that off
0: i think he does um i i really liked uh the way alan Cumming plays it because it's not played consistently um four laughs throughout and i think the moment it's actually not quite the moment where the doctor's talking to him but it's a little later so first he comes in and he's super funny. And mm. some of the some of the amusement comes at, at, at his lines about sexism. And we'll, we'll mm-hmm. get into that. I love the one line where he's like, oh, using your innate aptitude for nosiness and gossip. <laughs> yes, so I love uh, that. <laughs> it's a great line. But then there is later when the doctor is actually on trial. Well, she's she's being drowned or she's about to mm-hmm. be drowned. Right. And he, he really does. Like Alan Cumming, his face in that moment, mm. I thought was perfect because he's clearly been affected by his, you know, his conversation with the doctor and what's happening and he he seems really uneasy and is, you know, the fam comes up and gets them, you know, like tries to convince them to to bring him up and he, he mm-hmm. even seems like within the timing of the script like trying to get her out before, you know, relatively quickly like I know in, in TV it's timing is like he kind of like he's not okay with it and yeah. I got that loud and clear, and I I thought that was uh, that was a good moment. So I think I, I think it it, it kind of has its cake and eats it too, right? Like it, <laughs> there's enough of both sides of it here that it 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 again levels everything up with this great comedic performance from from Alan Cumming, but then he yeah. he is an experienced enough actor to to know when to not do that.
1: And he he can switch it, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not saying that he uh, is at fault here, or that he acts comedy in those in those scenes that are supposed to be serious. I think he does he does switch. I think what it is it's a bit of a whiplash for the audience, hmm. right? Yeah. Because we're we're sort of so much is going on that we're kind of primed to reduce things to shorthand. And one of the things is, oh, this is comedy King James the first. Yeah. Uh, right. So it feels maybe like it, it just needs more. another scene. And maybe this is another reason to take the more acts out of it. Right. Make it a pure historical. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And you'd have more room for the, for those kinds of scenes. Um We should also mention that he, in the, in that first scene, he definitely takes a shine to Ryan. <laughs> and uh, we are led to understand that the shine is more than just, you know, he likes to collect, uh, protectors. We
0: are. Uh, this is a case where I'd love to go into the corner here yes. with you. <laughs> how, how accurate is this? Is this uh, it's accurate. Yeah? It, it is
1: accurate. Uh, James, actually, one of the reasons that he got into trouble as a king of Scotland and was almost assassinated for this was that he did have a lover mm. uh, who was a man. Uh, he was forced to then marry a, a Danish princess which actually interesting it was a lot where he got his um uh anti-witchcraft uh intelligence from was was that it was a thing in denmark uh where the uh, the queen that he married and you know had had three kids with was from from denmark and didn't like the witches so much didn't didn't like the witches so well at least when when he was in denmark and also when he was in norway because interesting fact like the, the queen sailed for the wedding she sails from denmark she's supposed to hit scotland there's rough seas she lands in norway the king goes over to norway supposedly the most romantic thing he ever did in his life to like you know retrieve his queen from the rough north sea um and so he goes over there as well and, and i guess you know that the witchcraft is in the air as well in in norway so he's like picking up a lot of this uh the terminology and the uh the interest in it um but yeah he definitely he liked he liked men as well as women we we know that for sure we know that uh one of the things that his his favorite was accused of was was sort of you know being an older man basically manipulating this young king because he was you know uh, as we know from from the witchfinders like his mother Mary Queen of Scots was executed when he was very young his his father died in in violent circumstances as a revenge killing uh, like this
0: Happens yeah. all the time in Doctor Who, man, <laughs> it really <laughs> does.
1: So he's like a great Doctor Who character for that yeah. reason, perhaps the you know the best reason to kind of introduce him as the first king, first English king, and Doctor Who. Um, but he, yeah, so he, you know, he had this terrible, terrible regency as a kid, and everyone was trying to manipulate him, and that's that's one of the uh, one of the you know the strikes against this favorite of his. But yeah, yeah you can certainly believe that he uh, would kind of then. Um, suppress that as it were that desire into a uh a special love for his bodyguards
0: right and then to yeah. the liking to i think what he calls a nubian prince oh a uh, nubian
1: prince yes
0: yeah ryan ryan, I love know, how too, ryan yeah. deals with that
1: yeah, yeah. he doesn't at the end there's a lovely scene at the end that where he's like well would you ryan would you like to come back to london with me and the tardis team is all like looking at ryan not like <laughs> well, would you, you like man. to come with us it's like dude are you are you into this like if you're into this whatever you know go with him yeah. you know we're not going to judge um uh, and, and ryan ryan lets him down very gently yeah it's a lovely lovely masterclass class and like how to someone asks you out you're not into them just you know stick an stick an eye brooch on them <laughs> 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 Say, i've got my eye
0: on you yep <laughs> Well, I think you made the right choice. Um, so, <laughs> it, it, in going back to the scene where King James sort of uh, puts his sexism on full display to yeah. um, Jodie Whittaker, that's obviously mm. a big sort of theme of the episode, where it's kind of like the first time that where she, the Doctor being a woman, isn't just relevant; it's like being mm. her in danger, in that she, you know, obviously wouldn't be probably accused of her witchcraft. I mean, I guess maybe might've been with that sonic screwdriver. Um, mm. It becomes an issue. And certainly like because of the psychic paper, um, the, she's no longer the witchfinder general in the king's eyes, just the witchfinder's assistant, which it, it's kind of an interesting thing in terms of like how the psychic paper works because that's not really helping. That's I love the psychic odor. paper in this. Is this our first but,
1: encounter in, in Pull to Open history with the psychic paper?
0: Uh no, we, we talked about it in the idiot's lantern. Because
1: okay. It, he it uses that, yeah. Yeah, yeah That's right. He, he uses it as an inspector at the door of the of the dumb guy who is uh
0: uh not not beating up his daughter. again yeah, kind of yeah, another yeah. historical villain that's mm. played for laughs is the the father there. But um how did you like how that worked in terms of like the weaving the doctor's gender into this in a um You know, in a way that makes a point, but is also relevant to the plot i thought I thought they pulled it off pretty well
1: I agree, I agree, and I think that it's it's a very interesting choice to go to the the one sort of area of history where everyone sort of knows which trials right it 's a shorthand sure. that if you've never studied history, you've still heard of the witch trials, right?
0: Well, it's maybe like you've... what you were just talking about earlier and how they just spread mm. like wildfires. Like, this is a good idea, every society yeah. on Earth says, originally <laughs> <laughs> around the same time. Even though there's no internet, it's like, you well, know, kill the it, witches. It, it does. So
1: the Salem witch trials were what, 1692?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it took a while to get to the New World, so. Yeah,
1: 1692, 1693. The Pendle witch trials were 1612. Mm. So, yeah, it did... Uh, you know, it's it's instant in in uh, 17th century terms, right? Yeah. You know, but things did take a while. You know, you had to establish the colonies yeah. first, and then. Uh, but yeah, it was a very 17th century thing.
0: <laughs> the people here in Lancashire, are like you guys, are still doing witch trials. Come on, man! Oh God! So like Seven years ago.
1: Yeah, it's like wearing flared trousers. It's so over. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's definitely a shorthand that we all know. So to drop the Doctor into that, especially after we've seen Rosa, you know, which is the primary right. uh, innovation of Rosa is to say finally what, what should have been said all along, which is that companions of color are going to have a hard time right. in the past. It's just going to happen, especially with the Doctor's love for going into English history. Uh, <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, but what is also going to happen, and it's interesting that the Doctor hadn't thought about this, because she does... In, in Rosa she makes a reference to I'm still not used to being described as a woman mm. right you, you would you would take a while to to get used to that but here we are uh, going to the one area of history and the one situation in history where it would be most difficult to be a woman yeah um, and it isn't necessarily okay let, let's let's have another segment from the corner here because I'm gonna argue that we're looking at the wrong thing here it's not about the witch trials. Witch trials. When you actually do it by the numbers, like yes, it was you know often used to shut women up, as as the show right. says, it was a misogynistic tool, which is what like Becca
0: Savage is doing to some extent. Yeah, sure.
1: but not nearly enough as the ducking stool was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now the ducking stool was used, you know, outside of witch trials quite a lot. Okay, and definitely used disproportionately for women. Uh, for scolds, as, mm. as you know, women who spoke out were called quite often. Um, it was previously called the cucking stool. Uh, like ducking is a bit of a corruption. It was called the cucking stool because it, okay. Uh, pull to open <laughs> listeners, I hope you're not eating at the moment, but uh, there was a hole in the bottom of the stool, which is why it was called the cucking stool, because there uh, is a, word that i in in northern english that i knew growing up called cack or cacking as in cacking yourself um which comes from the danish you know it's it's basically it's crap it's the equivalent of crap right so it's (laughs) the the idea is you you would sit on the stool and you'd be so afraid that you would you would defecate i Um, see okay yes that is the origin of it and it was
0: all I've never over wanted the place. to leave the history quarter so, so <laughs> much. But let's go ahead and finish the finish the thought. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it is. It does date back to the 13th or 14th century. No. It goes back to way before the witch trials. Um, you know, the witchcraft. Just just to bring in James the first for a second, part of the reason that the Pendle witch trials happened and that it was such a big thing was that you know because James had written about witchcraft in this book it was so sort of the whole english legal system was trying to adapt to him mm-hmm. it's been like oh okay we're we're, we're uh, arresting riches witches now okay uh i guess we'll like you know you have all these ambitious local officials saying oh i i understand right. your majesty what like, do we have want-
0: what do we have around that we could help help king yeah. James here? oh the cucking school stool let's uh let's yeah. do some adjustments there and use it for the witches great awesome <laughs> get to exactly. work exactly Exactly. So it's
1: using the tools that are already
0: there, uh, but also
1: interestingly enough, King James did attend witch trials himself, and not on yeah. ones, I believe. But he also kind of had a bit of a, a come to Jesus moment, as it were. He uh, he kind of realised that there wasn't a lot of evidence being presented at yeah. these trials, and he would point that out himself, uh-huh. of which I'm sure the local officials were like, you know. Make up your mind, dude. (laughs) Are they witches or are they not witches? Just Uh, tell us.
0: It's like when the CEO crashes your meeting. (laughs) It says like one word about something. Like, well, I guess we're doing that now. Okay. Great. Yeah, the CEO Uh, walks
1: in, pops his head around the door, just goes, Witches, closes the door again. (laughs) I was like, okay, guess we're guess we're arresting witches now. We're doing now.
0: um I okay idea. well now that we've we've talked about the cucking stool i think i think we're we're done with the quarter <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs> oh no oh no there's <laughs> more to come out but let's transition yeah, away yeah. from the well, we'll come back when we've cleaned it up a bit. <laughs> but the uh um, i got to say one of the things that struck me about this episode i think it's a great episode for the fam in general and yeah i really like what's well, one of the best lines and could almost be a tagline for the fam is it's a very flat team structure. Yes. I love that line. Graham and the doctor. Uh, definitely one of my favorite lines of the era. Um, I, I could almost see that on a poster, you know, it's a very flat mm. team structure with the four of them um so but it, i think the script Speaking was, of
1: things that the ceo might pop his head around the door and say
0: <laughs> ah, yeah there you go <laughs> he
1: just pointed everyone in the conference room
0: especially conference. what's the team structure it is it's also such a modern line right like yes this is yeah. historical, but it is like this is that's well you know generally things are these days a more effective Companies do have very yeah. flat team structures. So- I love the way
1: Judy says it. Like she, it, it is her line, and and the others say it. They pick it up, and that's part of the joke. But the way she says it, very flat team structure. <laughs> you know, it just it sounds so great in her voice.
0: Yeah. Uh, but in this case, like what you know Graham says is actually very true, and like everybody yeah. has like their own specialty. And they sort of each take on a role or a task mm. here, and it's actually you know it's not just making busy work that all sort of fitting with the character where yeah. Graham's sort of like by default sort of the the almost the father figure, especially when the doctor is sort of depowered a bit by King James and take even says the line right, and so mm. um he's almost like in a sense the man behind the woman uh, yeah, in his, he his, which his is a role great. he played
1: in Rosa as well, right, oh. he was like you know I guess I'm Guess I'm your husband, like, in the, in the hotel room when the cop shows up. Totally. Yeah. And
0: Yaz, I mean, like, she's a cop, right? So mm. it makes total sense, like, okay, go off and investigate and find out what's really going on here. And she, you know, Yaz is a good cop, not just because she has those skills, but she can connect with someone like Willa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that feels very natural, very good. Now Ryan probably has sort of the least to do, so to speak, but with his sort of back and forth with the king which mm. again i think is earned that i think that last scene where you'd invite him is earned it's not out of nowhere because ryan is sort of with him a lot there's there's some exchanges and um and even though and i think Toes and cole actually does does a good job mm, um, does of, of of bringing that to bear here in this so um yeah so it, it all really you can tell at this point in the season this is like episode eight Mm. Uh, they're they're getting good at writing for this team you know it's hard right because this is like yeah. the biggest hardest team we've had since the classic series and yeah yeah and we've seen a
1: lot of those with the, the TURLO and and uh you know we've we we've had so many episodes with with TURLO and Tegan and uh Anissa or Adric and Tegan and Anissa, right yeah it yeah, is you kind of have how to, how to someone is, always
0: yeah. gets you know marginalized it's just the nature there's only so mm. much time but um i think he, and i think in this season unfortunately like there is like y- y- it does feel crowded sometimes d- mm-hmm. they don't so they don't do as well as they do here at having everyone do something and have that sort of naturally fit within the script and the character so yeah. a lot of points to Witchfinders for just like not padding things and still making sure you're using your cast to the full potential
1: yeah. yeah, and I, to your point, I think everyone in the fam has a specific role in the script or comes to a great line in the script because of the roles mm. that they're ascribed. Uh we've talked about Ryan's role with the king, of like you know, gently gently refuting the king, but also kind of talking through stuff with him. It's it's yeah. you know, it's a great necessary um foil in the script. Uh Graham has that great line with Becca Savage where He's sort of like on the most basic moral level. This is what Graham is great for. he's, he's kinda of naive sometimes, but on the most basic moral level, he has unimpeachable arguments, right? And he, he there's that great moment where he's like, Why are you drowning all these women? Um mm. you know, and she's like, They're not good. And she's like, How many of he's like, How many of us are? Are you good? Are mm. you good, Miss Savage? And she cannot answer him. Yeah. She I, she just sort of walks oh, away like, you know, my conscience is clear.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Are, you a, are
1: you a good person? Like, that's a wonderful, wonderful Graham way of saying it and really, really drives it home. And then Yaz's role is to basically talk about her experience of having been bullied mm-hmm. as a kid, right? And that's a great scene where she tells Willa about that time that she was bullied. And it kind of cuts through to exactly why Willa is afraid of speaking out here. Mm-hmm. You know, why was something like this allowed to happen? Well, You know, both in the case of the witch trials and the ducking stool, it was because not enough people stood out. You know, a a mob mentality was allowed to develop. If you don't speak up, then this sort of thing is going to happen. And if you don't speak up, it's because you're afraid of bullies.
0: Yeah, and it makes total sense that. Yaz would have something that's resonant in her life. I mean, again, you've got some good character development here. I mean, you get mm. uh, a little bit more depth into Yaz and her past and probably why she became a cop, or at least part of the reason. Mm. And, you know, it's all sort of played out here. Obviously, not as much going on for Yaz as in, say, Demons of the Punjab, but, you know, they're still finding, mm. finding the nuggets, and they're coming out, and it's good. And that line from Graham, you're dead on. And honestly, I think he's the one person in the fam, even including the doctor, who can really like give that line the most sort of gravitas and like really mm. have it uh like he just you know graham just is this kind of like the wise sort of grandpa and you don't you don't kind of don't want to disappoint him you know like I, I <laughs> yeah like although whitaker could have the line it's like there's a harder edge to it when it's sometimes it's coming from the doctor um yeah, yeah. So in other words like the doctor's she, less of an innocent. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I mean, you, you, would. She wouldn't. You wouldn't. She wouldn't have quite the same reaction. She'd be more on their defensive. And I think uh, Graham, just the, the way he is, you, you naturally kind of want to connect with him, and so yeah, yeah it works.
1: Yeah, it totally works. And I think that... Uh, what, what do you think, by the way, about Graham's hat? <laughs> the the witchfinder hat that gets passed around. Uh, it sort of feels like they're using it as a comedy item. But then he kind of ceremoniously gives it to, to the doctor at the end. And it's like the doctor is now the chief witchfinder or something, right?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of a fan of hats as being sort of <laughs> emblematic of things. Uh, you know, I mean, they are. And, and uh, I think... I this is a sort of device that get has been used a few times where in various things. And the, the one that I always sort of think about because uh, I saw it as a kid and it really stuck with me was a young Sherlock Holmes. So you kind of like... Mm there's a point in that movie where Holmes as a, you know, he's like a teenager. He puts on the deerstalker. Mm. It looks like a goofball. Like it's just like, everyone's just shaking their heads. Like David, no, you never wear that. <laughs> and at the end, it's like the lat one of the last lines, right. as He's pulling away in the carriage. He puts it on again. And just by, you know, it's probably not even the same hat in terms of the production, but he looks better. It looks more apt and more appropriate given everything that happened. And, Interesting.
1: Um, yeah, just to draw a Doctor Who connection, uh, as we do with everything on Pull to Open, uh, Stephen Moffat did the same thing with um, with Sherlock, right? Uh, there's well, not necessarily the same thing, because he puts on the deer stalker in uh, one episode for for the press, like this gaggle of photographers saying, "Hey, put this hat on, and you'll look cool right. in it," and he does. <laughs> so it's kind of referenced there. But yeah, with yeah. with this, I don't know. It just sort of. Do you watch uh, what we do in the shadows?
0: Uh no,
1: do not. great show, great show, highly recommended. Yeah, very,
0: we talked about this before. I don't know, very funny.
1: <laughs> but there's there's a recurring witch's hat in that that Matt Berry's character is just inexplicably enamored with this hat that brings incredibly bad luck. Hmm. Uh, but he just thinks he looks really good in it. <laughs> it looks exactly like this hat. <laughs> you know, it's the same shape as this hat that Graham and the doctor are passing around. Which is the thing that. Uh, so we mentioned this with Battlefield, right? That it's sort of how much do you can you take a area of history that's been used so comprehensively as a figure of fun in so many things, the and uh, the witch truck. Well, specifically, I'm going to mention I'm wearing my Monty Python t shirt today. Oh, the 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 dead parrot uh, as mm. a reference to the fact that you cannot cannot possibly if you've seen monty python and the holy grail you cannot watch the witch finders without thinking of the sketch that i had to it was the next thing i queued up on my youtube right was the the she's a witch burner sketch right. in the holy grail which oh my god i mean it just like there's a ducking stool in that too like it's such a, right. a part of uh tv culture comedy culture um you know, movie culture i guess uh that scene particularly like you know the, the whole weird logic of it right uh what do witches what do we want witches to do we want them to float why do they float because they're made of wood you know that so sort of terry jones being that
0: wonderful well, sort of pseudoscientist there yeah i think uh, what there's some i mean there's an inherent absurdity to witch trials right and they yeah. say it multiple times in that like okay you know, you'll die if you're dead, you're guilty and you'll die if you're innocent. Right. Like, so it's like, has no one <laughs> like mm. thought that through? Like, you know, like, what do you, this is, you're just killing people, you know? So, uh, as horrific as they are, there is this thing that is just so absurd and dark, uh, darkly absurd that you, you have, you can make fun of it. Uh, mm. it's also one of those things where there's such a distance where, you know, it's it's almost like in the air. So you could you could do it sort of both ways in terms of like obviously there's been serious depictions of witch trials before, horror depictions, and the just thinking off the top of my head, the, the uh, Blair Witch Project. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you can, mm-hmm. you can do all that stuff. That's true, and uh, so you could you could flip it. But I think there's a fascination with it uh, when you have these uh, just horrific crimes, and you just think, how did people? think that way and you kind of have this, you know, like, well, let's, let's depict it somehow to sort of try to understand it better. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could you could do a number of different ways with it, but it is more okay to do comedy since there is such a distance from it now. Like obviously no one's, (laughs) uh, who, who went through this is alive or, you past. you couldn't really do the same thing with, you know, a modern day, uh even even you know the holocaust uh, like yeah, let's not even yeah. go there right you know what i mean like it's it's but the more the further away you get from something the more you can kind of do things with it
1: i mean the, the thing about that sketch and and that maybe the reason why it's so resonated and is used in other circumstances now is because it sort of stands in for mob mentality right yeah uh, uh king mob you know all of that uh which is the thing and it's definitely uh I'm gonna make another <laughs> reference here and ask you, have you ever heard of a game called werewolf
0: a game called werewolf
1: yeah it's sort of a, well, a there, of. there are different they're versions games. of it it's yeah. it's also called mafia it's a game you play with a lot of people okay. uh often around a campfire something like that where like two in in werewolf it's you are all villagers, but two of you are secretly werewolves. Yeah. And night falls, and everyone closes their eyes. It's like a games master running this. And then uh, the the people who are werewolves open their eyes, point at someone. That person is dead. They're out of the game. And then everyone wakes up, and the villagers have to decide who they're going to hang as a werewolf. <laughs> right? <laughs> so can
0: it, can it be no one?
1: <laughs> it can't be no one. You have to no, hang absolutely. someone. That's the rules of the game. You have to hang someone every night. And the werewolves win if they are alive at the end of the game. Yeah. right okay. so it is inherent on the werewolves to spread concern paranoia. and doubt and paranoia and to point a finger at their uh you know maybe their significant others who are playing the game or well, like anyone they, they feel like they just want to kill off or it's who like be an easy sell yeah
0: that's <laughs> how you used to do among us when you didn't have iphones
1: yeah I mean, it really is. I played games of werewolf that were reminded me very much of the Crucible, you know, uh, sure. of that sort of sense of a rising mob mentality and you know the desire for a scapegoat. Well, the thing, a very similar <laughs> yeah. depiction, yep.
0: like one of my favorite all-time movies, um, you know, some some some, <laughs> some of you must still be human, yeah. Otherwise, you'd all just attack me, etc. So you kind of but you got to figure it out. You can't just. Can't just go, okay, we'll be fine. Nope, the yeah. rules will spread. and kill everyone.
1: That's kind of the, the Cold yeah. War version, right? You know, the Reds Under the Beds kind of phenomenon. Uh, you know, very much the same thing. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, so this has been covered, and it's almost become a cliche, this, this idea of the mob mentality of, you know, burn the witch, burn her. Uh, and either you do it in an uber-serious way, like the Crucible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: famous Arthur Miller play, or you kind of do it comedy like Monty Python does, and again, The Witchfinder seems to want to have it both ways,
0: right? Um, and just to so, but you thought that worked or that didn't work? Because I thought it worked that it sort of has it both ways in that. Yeah, I um, think it does. I think it does because um, it, it levels up the entertainment, gets you to you know lean in, pay attention, delight in the things Alan Cumming's doing and what the fam is sort of mm-hmm. doing to deal with this situation. Uh, which has its lighter moments, uh, yeah, and yeah. I guess yeah. It, I just
1: take it back to like we need more if we're going to be switching in this whiplash way between comedy and and extremely serious, uh, as we do in the ducking stool scenes. Like it, it just needs more. We need a bit more yeah. time.
0: And this is it's telling, and sort of as we wrap up here, like we have not mentioned the Morax since the mm. very beginning, and that exactly. whole plot it's really extraneous. I I think uh, uh, where, where we're arriving is that they really should have made this appear historical and just forgot mm. about the alien plot and, uh, given us more there. Um, again, you might have, uh, you might have like, I don't know, turned off some of the younger viewers or are waiting for, uh, mm. uh, uh, an alien plot, but I think, but also
1: some of the younger viewers might be able to sleep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, do it one time, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do a historical one time. Try it. I hope yeah. Russell Davies thinks about it. Like I would would love to see like a return to some kind of pure historical. Because I think this they if they had followed through and done it here, I think it would have been really a tour de force. As such, it's kind of like oh, it's a pretty good plot, uh, and then kind of loses something once the hmm. alien mask comes off again
1: honestly i'd be surprised if rtd does it i think we may have missed yeah. our best chance yeah uh, i feel like chibnall was the best chance for a pure historical that the show's had in a long time he's and, a uh, of the
0: corner but chris
1: yeah <laughs> i'm
0: sure he is chris if you're listening please leave a review let us know what you think of the uh, history corner um listen we cannot get out of this podcast without answering some questions yes and those are of course the four questions to Doomsday. <laughs> Yes, the uh, first question
1: I feel like we've we've answered a fair amount of so far which yeah. is why did the randomizer take us here? Um which you know we've talked about the historical connection, the within the same season connection, getting a lot of Whitaker. Um what else what else do you think, Pete? What right. else what if are the, the reasons?
0: Randomizer just knows us so well. It's like you gotta get your Whitaker fixed before the the centenary special. We got to. We got to get sort of back in the groove of like, what is Doctor Who right now? Again, yeah. we're not going to do the centenary special until it actually comes up in the randomizer, after right? The until
1: we get number three hundred and two yeah. in the
0: randomizer. But I think you know the the Rosa thing we mentioned of the peril of uh people of color mm. with the Doctor in history. This being the Doctor in peril because that 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 connection came through loud and clear. So I think, you know, that is the through line for me in the randomizer. Also, like, you know, Whitaker stuff, maybe a little underrated, you know, in that first season. I think maybe (laughs) we're lucky about going to the good ones. But I think we're getting more out of it this time. And you know, I I I think it probably series eleven probably deserves a second look <laughs>
1: in the order we're doing it. <laughs> it it is. I'm gonna gonna say for for a third time in these last two shows that I really want to watch Demons of the Punjab now. Yeah. It just sort of seems like the natural natural next step.
0: I'm a big uh, almost like make a trilogy. Fan. I'm a big kablam fan, so I would love to get like Blams on. Yes, I yes. Mean, if, you, if you take into account like that's four episodes that. Yeah. I think we're coming out like pretty solidly like in favor of, right? Like it's
1: a solid run. Yeah. 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 yeah I think what I think Whittaker, <laughs> Whittaker is is like these are definitely better than we remember. I think now we're out of the fam phase. Yeah, you know, I think we can we can look back on the fam and see the ways in which it worked, instead of maybe at the time we were a little focused on the ways in which they didn't,
0: and also a lot of missed opportunities because a lot of this mm. group is spread so thin when you had these. Yeah, films. but I mean, you know, there these are good examples of like I say, like bringing out the best of them, even if it is in nuggets.
1: They may be the best examples, and maybe sort of, you know, again, we're kind of Monday morning quarterbacking here. But what if season eleven? of the new show had just been entirely historical.
0: Oh, wow. Because
1: I'd, I would venture that the three strongest episodes uh, are uh, Rosa, Demons of the Punjab, and The Witchfinders. Mm. Um, and they're all historical. So what if, yeah, what if Jim just leaned in to the historical? Yeah. This seems to be, it seems to be a good TARDIS team for that specifically. Yeah. So they all have to bring their own ideas and, and, you know, uh, prejudices and responses to prejudices uh, that, that would occur in time travel. So In
0: some universe, yeah. there's a series 11 that is yeah. like all historical, all the time. Season 11B. <laughs> <laughs> right. The second question to Doomsday is, what if the evil plot had succeeded? So mm. it's required mm. us to identify the evil plot. And in this case, there's probably more than one. Um, I feel yeah, like... Is it Morax's plot or yeah. is it King James's plot? Well, um... Easily, you know, do the Morax thing in 30 seconds mm-hmm. because yeah. just straightforward Doctor Who take over the world stuff, right? Like that's really boring. Like the Morax plot succeeds. They'll uh, infect King James. James, you know, with, with his influence, lets them, helps them conquer Earth and make it the center of whatever their prisoners mm-hmm. or whatever this evil emperor, empire, you know, history over, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah.
2: Mm.
1: Does he though? Does he allow me to do a Thor gif? Does he though? Does he? Is it that is, is it? James? Is it really? Does he really take over? I don't know. I mean, first of all, remember James was so often on the edge of assassination. Now right. if he's Mud King,
0: yeah. was well, he <laughs> think... <assassinated>, right? <laughs> that he'd be resistant to assassination if he's taken over. i guess the anti-morax torches that the doctor creates or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, they, maybe they'll find uh, remnants of the tree, which, uh, yeah, the, the the tree turning into, like, you can
0: chop up the tree and turn make torches out of it. Okay, I guess. So well, maybe that just becomes some quest for someone to kill the yeah. malevolent King James. So it becomes like this... Sauron Lord of the Rings final battle with him which is kind of a cool history yeah. a new history of the of the 17th century that'd be pretty awesome uh, uh, be, uh, I like that idea alternate history but it would probably only
1: take place in the UK right again uh, how how do you go from just having your mud infect a king to conquering the planet in the 17th century.
0: Well, presumably if they have some technology knowledge of some kind, mm. um, you would think. I mean, they seem to have retained their memories, even though their doctor says at one point they were, they were just DNA, which is weird. Um, I they... mean,
1: I, in in the spirit of season 11, I'm going to have to say that the, the, the Morax would have to use the power of prejudice, because the one thing that British people were more afraid of at this time, other than a mud king, was Catholics. <laughs> so, <yeah.
0: laughs>
1: you know, if yeah, if if it. yeah, King James Laugh. is on the throne yeah. and like he's covered in mud now and the mud is weird and it's sort of shifting and oozing all over his face. But at least he's not a Catholic. Hmm. Like let's go. You know, and you can start a war of religion on that basis because you've got to completely distract from his weird appearance. Um yeah. you know. Yeah. So I guess that's the evil plot. Does does the doctor die in this evil plot? Um, uh, that's a good question. I, I guess if it is, K- if King James's plot is the evil plot, then the Doctor probably dies. Hmm. Because yeah. then it's like you know that's that's succeeding. So the Doctor goes into the water as Jodie Whitaker and comes out as Shoo Gatwa.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. The, the the chains were a little too tight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe well, this is a you know alternate universe in which the Wet Weekend with Houdini never happened.
0: Right. Well, there you go. And then this this might answer our next question to Doomsday, which is <laughs> what well maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves because we could we might want to consider another evil plot. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I was thinking like his plot. Yeah, it's essentially the plot of them succeeding in just being witch fi- <laughs> terrible witch trial people and killing mm. the entire village and just like this everything ends up with the king leading even harder into his anti-witch craziness and mm. then it's sort of a darker version of the 17th century um which would be bad for everybody
1: yeah yeah i mean it, 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 witch trials to that extent it would be would be kind of interesting it's the extent of wiping out a whole village which mm. i'm i'm going to throw in one last uh, couplet from history corner on the cucking stool because there was a joke in Poor Robin's Almanac in 1746, uh, which said, Now, if one cucking stool was for each scold, some towns I fear would not their numbers hold. Uh, (laughs) Which is, you know, immensely sexist joke, basically. Um, Kind of, but also kind of saying, like, hey, you know, uh, if this were repeated, if you really literally did this for what you intended to use it for, like maybe some towns wouldn't even exist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah, the, the yeah, town yeah. is disbanded.
0: Yeah, it would be super tragic, but also mm. uh, like obviously. But the like, I would just think like if the king, you know, he seems to be, if not persuaded by the doctor, at least like mm. his his anti witch crusade seems a bit mitigated by the end. Yeah. yeah. Um. And if For that sure. doesn't happen, then it's you know you you just have this uh, dark cloud. Uh, that gives us sort of an alternate history where just maybe progress doesn't even uh, yeah. happen in quite the same way. Or, well, it seems it
1: seems like the Doctor has mitigated his belief in witchcraft, except for when the Doctor then takes
0: off in a time machine in his face.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, she did say, you know, this is sufficiently advanced technology. Like, you got, you no, know, it's like, that's just one of Yeah, is she cute. brings
1: in the Arthur C. Clarke reference, which yeah. is great. We gotta love that. Isn't it also used in Battlefield? Isn't that another reason for the randomizer to bring us here? The Arthur C. Clarke quote?
0: Uh maybe. I just remember that one never clarifying that whether what how the magic works or if it really is magic. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the sort of weaknesses of it. I believe um, they
1: use the yeah. use the Arthur Clark Clark quote, which is interesting to talk to kind of stealing from itself, right? Um but yeah, yeah. I mean also is isn't it kind of a bit reckless to take a king that is kind of, you know We we know that he believes in witchcraft. We know that Willa has sort of been accused of witchcraft. Right. The TARDIS takes off in his face. He's standing next to Willa. Are you are you absolutely sure he's not going to scapegoat her for this weird witchcraftiness?
0: Yeah, just think he's literally just done it. (laughs) Like that they were he was completely fooled by a bunch of witches, and now it's like all right. Well, this is also like I guess one of the issues I had um, with the story in that there's not enough. Clarity on, uh, like, w- which side people are considering. Other people. like, when, for example, the doctor's accused of witchcraft. Obviously, like, why is it? Why isn't the fam immediately rounded up and then mm. uh, executed? Right? Like, isn't there sort of a guilt by association there? I felt like there's a bit of a, a few too many plot contrivances that way, where you're not sure how much peril the fams in because the sides they're on, whether they're in the king's good graces or Becca Savage's. An ally or not don't really seem to matter that much mm. you know they're still free and able to do things whereas i feel like if there really was this flip-flopping of allegiances that would have affected their ability to do things and have some physical consequences beyond you know they do obviously do it with the doctor but mm. um
1: limited limited budget they can only uh, afford one scapegoat
0: yeah exactly <laughs> there you go so it anyway. also
1: is that kind of thing with mob mentality as well right you know oh. you just need, just need the one
0: it might explain a little bit this problem if we can figure out where the Clara Splinter is, which is right. The a third, third question mm-hmm. to Doomsday, mm. um, and I, you know, you talked about the Doctor maybe escaping or sorry, not escaping and regenerating the Shudi Uh Maybe that doesn't happen because she loosens the chains a little bit.
1: Maybe mm-hmm. gotta... Clara's under there with a scuba mask. Perhaps, uh, perhaps, or perhaps she's the one who sets the doctor up with Houdini. Mm, that's a good one uh, for for this wet weekend. Um, you can imagine Clara being on that too. Um, and we we don't know which regeneration this wet weekend takes place in, right? So it could have easily been a Capaldi era. It could actually not be the Clara Splinter, but Clara herself, the Impossible Girl herself, uh, arranging this uh, Houdini weekend. Mm. Uh, that we've never seen
0: yeah 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 I like that yeah Mm. she's out there making sure all the pieces are in place Um, Uh, speaking of pieces maybe she's
1: the one who kind of spreads the idea that you know maybe you could use that tree chop it into pieces and like light light the end of it and uh, that's how you can get rid of the Morax.
0: Yeah, that's better than a Hello Sweetie, for sure, to bring the doctor to <laughs> Yeah, that's good. All I all I want to know is that she's not one of those other zombies, because that would just not be not a good look for Clara. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Although, don't you kind of want to see Jenna Coleman in that kind of do, scary, kinda, yeah. gray makeup? I, Let's yeah. have her be the
0: lead one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. All right. She makes, makes a good witch. At the end of the day... <laughs> What is this episode? Is it a Dalek, an Ogron, or a Viscount Banger? Our rating system. Dalek right, good, Ogron not so good, and the Viscount Banger kind of explains itself.
1: This is, yes. I,
0: I feel like a royal episode
1: should have a Viscount Banger, but uh, no, we we had the Viscount. I decided that last week that, to my mind, Rosa was a Viscount Banger. You've been giving him away, I- man. I've cool. been give, yeah, I you know, uh, I gave oh, it to yeah. Legopolis, which is not necessarily you know, which oh, this you is all subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, but that was the last one before. So I still I feel know, like no, I'm you being sparing of monsters. Don't red card uh, <laughs> Monsters, thank you. You're right. Definite Viscount Banger. Um yeah, but still still I feel like I'm being sparing, and for that reason, I'm not going to give a Viscount banger to the Witchfinders. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's a Dalek.
2: Yeah,
0: very competent Dalek. I think this yeah. is a very good, this is a Dalek that's very good at knowing what it's trying to do and it just doesn't waste time um, you know <laughs> screaming exterminate before it actually does the exterminate. It just gets right to it, which is good. It's also I would, would love to
1: see good. a version of Witchfinders set in a village full of Daleks where they're just all scream, screaming, ban her, ban her, ban her. <laughs>
0: Well, there were those religious Daleks in the uh, the new series <laughs> for Five Seconds. So that would be a good opportunity. I got to say, like I say, I watch these with watch uh, all these episodes with my kids. I try to anyway. My son mm. really liked this one. At the end of the episode, mm. when he finished, he's like, "Wow, I really like that." He said he thought um, it, it just really was good at holding his attention. That the morality presented, like the dilemma, you know, that he liked that it wasn't just like evildoers and and good guys. Mm. That, you know, there were issues with sort of the, the quote unquote establishment of, of mm. uh, you know, of the village and King James um, and just really got him to think about that perspective. That's great. Um, and he also just That's... thought the performances were really awesome. Like he was just super excited to to tell me how much he liked it after he finished. So
1: so would Jack give it a Viscount banger?
0: Well, I don't know if he'd do that, but I think he would. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have to check. He's he's yeah. these, so I'm sure he'll let me know before next week. I love it. I
1: I think we should uh, you know, if they're willing, if if the kids would like to include their ratings,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> I, I think it would be it would be a great one. Could help resolve any ties yeah. that we have between us. Pretty sure uh, my daughter
0: wouldn't, just because she was she was scared. She was scared by yeah, it. Yeah. it was good
1: over with her. She's okay now. She's she's over the the Morlocks or She's all right. It was one night. still. It was one yeah. it's all yeah. good. Morlocks, it's not, Morlocks. You can't even remember their the names.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> We are moving on. We are Witchfinders and its slimy, muddy tendrils. (laughs) And uh getting back in our time space vessel to find out where we're going next in this thing we call Doctor Who the T V series, which means activate the randomizer.
1: That's right. It's time for the randomizer. Randomizer two components. Pete is looking at the codex, which is our list of three hundred and one, not yet three hundred and two Star Wars stories. Uh Star Wars (laughs) stories. Holy crap wrong podcast no. sorry people <laughs>
0: oh, good. Wait a minute. you're not cheating on us with another randomizer are you <laughs> there's a whole other
1: podcast i'm sorry to have to tell you this way pete No. <laughs> we go through random episodes of like the clone wars and uh <laughs> <laughs> how long okay. is that spreadsheet yeah Damn. seriously Did seriously you special on there <laughs> the holiday special <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> oh god uh anyway no the, the codex is the random list of doctor who stories and then we navigate through the codex with a truly random device uh that is called random.org uh device by the way uh, in the pendle witch trials it was basically two families at each other's throats one was the device family uh, oh wow. and, one, and one was the nutter family if you've seen good omens <laughs> Uh, the the Neil Gaiman uh, Terry Pratchett, or well, if you've read the book, you know that there there is that continues the witch families of
0: Device and Nutter up until the present day. So wow. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah, true fact. I used to be the editor of a site called Device. Oh yeah, it was interesting. with no, with no e because you had to misspell everything uh, back, yeah, back in those days. Yes. It's the only way to get the URL. <laughs> uh, a miracle of rare device. Um, well, those witch trials had you know reverberation. This is this is why the randomizer took us here. Clearly, I mean I you
1: know. I was just joking after watching The Witchfinders with my wife that uh, it would be a great name for a technology reporter if you had like a hyphenated name. There's like both of those families together. Device Nutter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a device nutter. Me. Um, Nobody grasping
0: yes. a URL. I want it.
1: Okay. <laughs> device Nutter. it's a very aggressive technology site (laughs)
2: uh
1: yes random.org is our random element it uses atmospheric noise rather than pseudo random algorithms which computers are very very uh known to do and are bad at doing uh but this is so much more doctorish we love it it's been scaring us for years at this point. <laughs> uh, and uh, Pete, do we want to issue a challenge the randomizer before I give us a random number between one and three hundred and one?
0: We probably do. Um, mm. And I'll just go it. I'll say it. Let's give us a pure historical. Mm. Do it. Wow. Well, anything, I'm, uh, including black orchid.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna double down. But yeah? since the, the randomizer gave us the closest it could find to a King Charles story uh literally the closest possible thing um i'm gonna uh, you know go with confidence and say give us demons the punjab.
0: whoa look In at you. you i'm playing roulette with the randomizer That's right. i don't know how it works all my chips on one number what, well, I, we got to give, get some that maybe you, you win a prize if this actually happens.
1: <laughs> yes. Can we, can we just make pull to open
0: like a gambling
1: podcast at the same time? <laughs> yes. can, can we do this? Uh, is it legal? No, um, I think so okay. you're, you're in the state of New Jersey, and I hear that everything is legal in New Jersey, so probably <laughs> Except we can do your
0: own gas. You can't do it. <laughs>
1: But we can do gambling. So uh yeah, write in listeners yeah. if you if you would like to see an actual pull to open book uh on <laughs> the chances of various options. Um but yeah, demons the punch, do it. Okay. Do it, do it and be a legend. Let's
0: find out if this is gonna happen. You ready with uh, <laughs> yeah. the explosion?
1: I am ready with the executor. Random.org is ready to go when you give me a countdown.
0: I will give you a countdown in five rels. Four, <laughs> three, two, one. Affirmative. 41. Whoa, it might have done it. It might have done it. No, Fury from the Deep. Oh, what?
1: <laughs> a very, very wet episode yeah, of Dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> is
0: that. That one was. that there, There's an animated version of this, right? I'm not wrong about that, right? I
1: don't know. It's completely missing. It says here, um, yeah. There, oh, there, been... you go. there
0: is. There's an animated version. There is. Yeah, it was the oh, thank of, uh, 2020.
1: And... 2020. Oh, we were so close to our first oh, yeah. completely missing story. Yeah. Which is something we've asked the randomizer for in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it is. It was missing, and kind of technically still is, but they've animated it uh, to yeah. the to the audios that were preserved so wow okay this is huge this is yeah, uh to trouton not a pure historical
1: <laughs> not a pure but, historical it is a six episode one though so
0: oh, wow <laughs> you got your tlvw cut out for you next week sir
1: yeah but yeah. also I have three minutes for it so yay well
0: <laughs> oh so, yeah and If there's a lot of running down corridors or i guess in this case, uh the offshore platforms. I don't know. Mm, yeah, North Sea oil rigs, yes. Yeah. So okay, free from the deep coming up. More Jamie, more trouton. I guess uh, the randomizer got a taste back in the two doctors and is like, yeah, hmm, let's do more of that. Yeah, and there's there's a
1: target novelization, maybe we'll dip into that. Mm.
0: Um yeah Yeah. lots of lots of things lots of resources well we got this we got it oh
1: there's also tom baker narrating an audio cassette version from 1993 wow see if we can track that you order that See if I can find that on the dark web.
0: You know, someone out there just wants to send us it. That's fine too. But, uh, whatever, whether you have a copy of Fear of the Deep or not, we love to thank you for listening here to Pull to Open the podcast. It is right. We are a podcast, it is a thing you subscribe Mm. to. So, if you haven't yet, please do in whatever app you like. We're on all the good apps. We're on Overcast, we're on Spotify, we're on obviously Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, everything pretty much anywhere you want to find podcasts we're there subscribe to us leave a review if you can Uh, follow us on social we're at pull to open on TikTok we're uploading videos snippets of the show there all the time and we're active on Twitter and Instagram at pull to open 63 we will see you next time for Fury from the Deep yes get get furious people and
1: get deep Mm because that's what we're going to do we'll see you then talk soon bye bye